Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Tuesday morning to you. Asia Pacific shares are in the red this morning following a night of selling on Wall Street. Tokyo is trading down more than 2%. Korea is off 1%. Sydney in the red as well. Now, investors there have their eyes on the Reserve Bank of Australia, which will announce an interest rate decision at around 11.30 this morning. We'll be crossing over to Australia live at about 10.05 in anticipation of this. Markets in China, meanwhile, closed today for the Golden Week holidays. Joining me now as we break down all the market action for you. Good Tuesday morning, Ryan Huang. Happy Tuesday. A bit of a wet one, I think. Yes, I was rained on on the way to work. Nothing like starting the day wet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's start this morning with Facebook, which suffered a major outage overnight that affected billions of people across the world and not just users of social, of the social media platform, but its family of apps. So we're talking WhatsApp affected, Instagram, Messenger and Oculus. Now, this outage lasted more than six hours and even Facebook's employees were affected. Ryan, this is Facebook's worst outage in 13 years. Do we know what caused it? Yeah, I have to say it was really tough uh, figuring out what was going on here because there isn't apparently any official word yet on why this happened Mm -hmm. but there's some speculation from some of the online network experts that have been trying to figure out the problem here and they have been pointing to what's called a DNS issue domain name systems issue where it's pretty much the series of numbers that are behind the URL that you type in. Mm -hmm. So there's some issue of the address where they can't find the page. So that seems to be the problem there. So that's a very simplified version of how things are, you know, the problem behind this um, outage. And I pointed out, it really had repercussions across the board for a lot of people. You can imagine a lot of businesses rely on WhatsApping their colleagues, their clients. So you can imagine the type of disruptions that have been underway in the past few hours. But at the same time, maybe it could have meant fewer um, colleagues and people at work just browsing (laughs) Facebook on their office hours. So in a sense, maybe productivity was up for a while. So that is the two sides of the Facebook outage. Wow, five hours of being blinked out. Imagine, shows how vital Facebook is to, to communication for so many people and businesses. Now, Facebook's outage affected many services beyond those of its own apps. There's a domino effect because many people use Facebook to sign in to other services, mm. right? Like e-commerce sites, smart devices in their own homes as well. And companies that operate through a Facebook business page, restaurants even, some take orders through Facebook. They saw their operations temporarily freeze. So this outage is really only one of Facebook's problems right now. Over the weekend, a former Facebook employee went public on the news program 60 Minutes after leaking thousands of pages of internal company documents. Now, those documents seem to indicate Facebook has prioritized profits over safety. Ryan, bring us to date on this story. Yeah, so that is the claim from someone called Frances Haugen. She is a data scientist. She has a computer engineering degree and a Harvard MBA. So she used to work as a Facebook product manager, Mm -hmm. but then she left in May after everything happened. And she was actually part of a team at Facebook trying to address misinformation. That's because one of her friends got caught up in 
one of the fake news um, incidents and she lost her life because of that. So that's why she was motivated to go down this road to eventually leak all these internal Facebook documents, um, tens of thousands of pages to what's called the Whistleblower 8 Foundation. So she then gave them slide decks, PowerPoint presentations, letters, and Mm. so on and so forth. So all pointing to how Facebook prioritized profits ahead of protecting users, um, for example, against misinformation, against um, being too addictive to some of its users, allowing VIPs to break some of its rules. So double standards in a sense. Um, so that is all coming down on Facebook. And overnight, we saw uh, its share price down 5%. And that's, of course, amid a wider tech sell-off. The interview to watch, Francis Hagen on 60 Minutes. Facebook shares fell nearly 5% overnight to about 327 US dollars a share. Next up this morning, we turn to China's Evergrande, the property giant whose financial troubles have been roiling investors. Trading in Evergrande shares were halted in Hong Kong yesterday, pending an announcement of a major transaction. Evergrande is raising more than 5 billion US dollars by selling a majority stake in its property management unit to another Chinese company called Hobson Development. Now, there are indications, meanwhile, that Beijing is trying to limit the fallout from Evergrande's financial troubles rather than propping up the developer directly. So a different mode of supporting Evergrande. Tell us more. Yeah, so what we have is reports that Chinese authorities have been pushing banks behind the scenes, easing or rather nudging them to ease credit for home buyers and support their property sector. So trying to do their part to make sure there's enough liquidity, enough support for people who want to buy homes so that the industry doesn't collapse. So that is what we are hearing that the Chinese authorities are trying to kind of contain the situation from uh, getting worse by doing what they can to help the healthier developers and the homeowners as much as they can to Mm -hmm. limit the fallout from what's happening with China Evergrande. Evergrande, not the only Chinese developer in trouble. Yesterday, a company called Fantasia Holdings missed a payment on a 200 million US dollar bond from the analysts that you've been speaking with, Ryan. What is your sense as to how successful Beijing may be in terms of this ring fencing of Evergrande's financial problems? I mean, it seems like they might be spreading. Well, if you look at the latest reports, right, you've got what's called a, the, a smaller company called Fantasia. They missed uh, repaying a maturing, maturing bond mm. that was around 205 million US dollars that was due on Monday and a separate unit that owed another company, Country Garden Services Holding, also did not pay up. So you are seeing maybe some jitters coming back into the Chinese property market that it might be a situation where cash flow and other pressures are just straining many Chinese companies. So that is something that's raising questions again. But if you look at how it is being managed right now, it seems like behind the scenes, the Chinese authorities have been doing their part as much as they can to uh, control the fallout from China Evergrande to, in effect, become a more orderly fallout in the sense where you have things under control and things spiraling, not spiraling into a bigger mess. So you do have some uh, reports of that happening. So I think that is giving some confidence to some investors that there is some stability in the sense that the Chinese government will step in in the last minute if something does happen. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, no word on how it's going to restructure offshore debt, right? So no word on that. So mm. there is a bit of lack of clarity in yeah. the sense that we don't have the full picture. And I think that's partly what the Chinese government wants. They don't want to become too um, forthcoming in the sense that they don't want to appear to be giving a, for, uh, a bailout to um, companies um, as much as they can. Otherwise, it might set a precedent to other companies become more reckless in future. Fine line to balance since investors are looking for some reassurance here that this will not be a disorderly fallout uh, that, that has contagion effects that spread to the wider Chinese economy. Now, if we take a look at markets now, investors sold off overnight. Tech shares were the worst hit. NASDAQ dropped more than 7 the excuse me, Nasdaq dropped more than two percent. S and P five hundred fell one point three percent. The Dow isn't far behind. Uh, we're seeing bond yields rise. Ryan, oil prices are spiking as well. So, what is the major narrative here? What is driving this action? Yeah, in short, it's a big rotation from tech into energy, and that's because energy prices, commodity prices, are going up. And one of the big drivers was what's happening in the oil space. So oil prices are up over 2%, and that is seeing WTI, for example, hitting seven-year highs. And if you look at what's happening there, you've got the OPEC Plus news. They had a meeting last night, and how it turned out was they are keeping to their current agreement to gradually raise crude production each month, including a 400,000 barrels increase a day in November. So no extra supply on top of that, which was what some market watchers were hoping or looking out for. Some were indicating as high as 800,000 barrels a day. And with that backdrop, there's been a strong uh, demand for oil, but it looks like they are not raising demand to meet that higher uh, raising supply to meet that higher demand. So you are looking at prices move up in the short term. And that is something that is also feeding into those um, inflation fears and pushing mm-hmm. up the bond yields higher as well. And when the bond yields go higher, mm-hmm. typically the reaction is a bit of a pullback in the technology space. So that's what's happened overnight across the big tech names. The price of Brent crude has jumped to more than 81 US dollars a barrel. That is the highest price in seven years. The OPEC plus group of oil producing nations is increasing production, but really only gradually. And that's contributing to the price spikes as demand appears to be outstripping supply. All right, it's time for corporate news and our game of up or down. But first, there are two headlines from the world of Jeff Bezos that have caught my attention this morning. Now, the first is about an e-commerce uh, firm here in Southeast Asia. Actually, it's about e-commerce more broadly. And the second is indirectly about Star Trek. So are you a Trekkie, Ryan? <laughs> you're a boy. I assume you're a Trekkie. I loved those um, episodes you know, in the early days, you know, the original ones, where I knew they it. painted how the future might look like, all those fancy gadgets. So yeah. that really you know, captured my imagination. How about yeah, you? I haven't spoken to one boy who has not told me that they love Star Trek. Now, I loved it, but not with the same vengeance that I loved, say, I don't know, the Jetsons or, mm. you know, um, Battlestar Galactica, for example. I was obsessed. Now, uh, it looks like Captain Kirk, though, or rather William Shatner, is finally headed into space for real. What's the latest here? Yeah, so science fiction <laughs> will soon become reality, at least for him. So he is set to Aww. be part of the next crew of Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin. So you might mm-hmm. have um, some memories of him you know, going into space and being so excited about it. So he has another flight being planned for 12 October. That's sometime next week. So This is Bezos? 
This is um, his Blue Origin. Oh, Blue Origin. Okay. Flight. So that's mm-hmm. going to be due with William Shatner on board. Ooh. So this will also mean at 90 years old, he will become the oldest person to fly into space. Ah, uh, what a milestone for the Canadian actor at 90 years old. Hey, what a milestone. The next story on our Bezos watch list this morning has to do with an Indonesian startup called Ula. Bezos is investing in Ula. And what makes this notable is that this is the first time that the Amazon founder is investing in Southeast Asia's e-commerce space. First time. So why do you think Bezos, uh, what does he find attractive about Ula? Well, so you might have heard of this acronym, BNPL. Buy now, pay later. So that seems to be the biggest thing these days. And Mm. Ula is one of those tech companies just in that space and doing quite well. And a lot of small retailers are on board Ula. So it is the, I guess, latest in the headlines raising money in the fintech space around BNPL. So Amazon's founder took part in, Jeff Bezos took part in this Series B rounding fund round to raise $87 million. So it's actually his first investment in Yep. The Southeast Asian e-commerce space. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so Ula helping small startups expand across the region, also building up their supply chains and their logistics infrastructure as well. All right, time for Up or Down. Let's start, Larian this morning with Singtel. Okay, Singtel. Up or Down in your book. Will be an Up. Okay. Uh, that's because you've got a bit of an optimistic view from uh-huh. analysts who think the latest sale of Australia Tower Network by Singtel is good news because it kind of frees up capital for it to do um, better or better stuff in the sense that better opportunities out there. All right. So I would say brokers are reacting positively to Singtel's announcement that it will sell off a 70% stake in Australia Tower Network. RHB, for example, has raised its target price for Singtel to $3.37. That's up from $3, so up for me as well. Next, let's look at ST Engineering. Okay, that is an up for me because they are making a deal to buy two U.S. transport solutions firms, and that is part of his biggest deal ever at $2.7 billion. So this is just a big step into the smart city business. Indeed. So up for ST Engineering, its biggest deal ever. It's going to spend that $2.7 billion US dollars to buy two US-based companies in the transport industry. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 20 minutes into the local trading day. Good of you to be here with us. Singtel and ST Engineering led the Straits Times Index higher yesterday. It finished up 1.3% at 3089. How's the STI trading this morning? Yeah, pretty much in line with the rest of the region, which is in the red. So you've mm-hmm. got STI. Giving back yesterday's gains is now down 1.2%. So bear in mind, it was up 1.3% yesterday. And if we take a quick look across the 30 constituents on the STI, pretty much all of them are in the red right now. And right at the bottom is SGX down nearly 3%, followed by Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust, UOL, Maple Tree. Uh, we talked about ST Engineering. It's mm-hmm. number five on the bottom of the list. is down 1.8%. Singtel... Also giving back uh, games from yesterday, down 1.6% right now to 242. So red across the screen, pretty much following the rest of the action across Asia. 
Thanks very much, Ryan. Indeed, Red in Sydney as well. Will the Reserve Bank of Australia uh, look at economic progress and send out cautious signals as a result of that? We'll find out in 10.05. Stay with us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.